0: Is it is it the start of the podcast now?
1: He started recording.
0: You're talking. I'm talking. That makes it the podcast. Yep. Okay. We're back. (laughs) We're back. We made it. We we kinda dropped off the radar there for a while. But Abby's here. But she's here to make up for it. I know. You're welcome. It's part of the it's the Abby is both the problem and the solution. Yeah.
1: Always.
2: Abby left episodes in Germany but came here herself in person to apologize.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that was dumb.
0: Sorry. Um, no, is it? Oh, actually this, that, that, that leads in nicely. We could have solved this if we had, if we had our data on the cloud or had some piece of software Ooh. that would make, that would make it easier to get the files off of the places where they were nice segue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, today we're going to talk about software. Tips and tricks.
2: Yeah. But right off the top, I have something else to talk about real quick. Okay. Just cause I don't want to leave it till the end in case people are just like, <laughs> I don't want to listen to the end anymore. They don't know how to do endings and just cut, cut us off. Or we forget. Or we forget. So we are taking part in an amateur podcasting competition. Bow, 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 bow. It is um, a thing that I just recently realized was a thing. Yep. So as a part of that, if you would like to vote for us as one of your favorite amateur podcasts, you can head on over to monkeysfightingrobots.com.
0: If it's before what date?
2: Cause I don't remember what the cutoff date is for voting. Uh, it's sometime. Let's, let's say
0: sometime in January. Probably. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Sometime in January, 2017. Yeah. If you're listening to this after that, then you're late to the party. And if we lost, we're blaming you. Yeah. So
2: if you head over to monkeysfightingrobots.com and until before February 4th.
0: Oh man. I was 2017.
2: So if you vote for our podcast, you will have. The internal, eternal aura of gratitude that yeah. we will instill in you—you you will f- feel instantly better about yourself and humanity.
0: You'll feel a warm, fuzzy inside. We're actively causing
2: that feeling. You'll also so you become actively? as a <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> as a byproduct, you'll also become better at Microsoft Excel.
1: <laughs> oh man! Yep. I'm gonna vote.
0: Yeah. Side effects may, in- may include <laughs> insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> uncontrollable uh, laughing <laughs> Okay. Anyway,
2: um yeah, if you could, you know, take I I kept saying take a couple of minutes, but I'm pretty
0: sure it takes like all of 47 seconds to do it. It'd be really great. Especially if you like click on the link. We'll put a link in the description. Oh yeah, cuz that's gonna prob- advertise the crap out of That's this. probably like half the time you would spend would be going to like typing in monkeys fighting yeah. robots. Yeah. If you a lot if of you ever
2: wanted to sponsor our podcast, this is your chance. Mm
1: -hmm. well should we say why why does it matter if we win this
2: because we get a prize
1: what's the prize peter
2: i don't know money i
1: think (laughs) i think it's advertising
2: so the 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 grand prize for the actual competition this is the people's choice Mm -hmm. but the grand prize for the actual competition is i believe a 500 hundred dollar amazon gift card and a year of advertising on monkeys fighting robots
0: whoa that's more than what we'd spent on the podcast in total up until now yep Yep. (laughs) But I don't know what the People's Choice uh, uh Award is. Whatever whatever it is, it's probably a significant chunk of what our budget has been up until this point.
2: Yep. Oh, and also, the winner will be announced during the Lady Gaga performance of the Super Bowl.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Really? Which is a football
0: competition. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game. It's a thing with sports <laughs> that is on the television. Oh, my God. We made the same joke. It, it was one of the random outtakes tracks yeah. where we were like, there's something going on with like soccer or something. Oh no, it was a Super Bowl. It's the dish. The super dish. Super dish. Uh. All right. <clears throat> I think that's more than enough of not talking about what we're supposed to be talking about. Yes. All right. We, we've, we've fulfilled our banter quota for the, for the day. All
2: right. So yeah, as Simon was saying, this episode we would like to share with you, fellow listener, uh, not fellow... <laughs> Not not fellow listener, I listen to our, it our listener, I just trust okay anyway um <laughs> some uh some you know like helpful hints tips and tricks that we've had over the, we found over the years for how to nice software tools, ways to use software like Windows a little bit more easier, just like hacks and tools and things that we find useful that maybe you will do,
0: yeah, and like we're not at all saying that these are like hidden things oh no they they may be th- if you if you know all of these things, good on you, you can like make a little bingo board of all of the programs you know and if we mention the ones that you that you can like see if you win the game Yep. you can make your own boards you always win
2: and also if you have any of your own please let us know yeah no Mm -hmm. this would be this is an opportunity for
0: fan feedback yeah
2: Uh, we actually got some feedback um asking us to turn comments on on our website which i thought we had and realized we haven't been so i'm going to go back and do that
0: yay Mm. so you can not only comment on
2: social medias but also on our website
0: yes Although if you want us to, like, notice, social media is still far better than... I don't know. Chances of us going back and looking at... I think the website's going to be where the party's at. Does the website, like, notify us when someone comments and stuff? I I think so. Okay. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) We won't know until someone comments. (laughs) All right. Okay. So who wants to start? Uh, Why don't you start? You have a bigger list than the rest of us. Okay.
2: I will start. Um, So my first one is I used to be a sysadmin, and as part of that job, I had to sort of... I actually have a USB key where there's a folder of tools and little software packages that I found useful. The first one being Proc Explorer, PROC Explorer or EXP, I believe. Just put it into Google, you'll find it. We'll put <laughs> we'll, we'll put links. It's really easy to find. We have so many
0: links on this episode. Um
2: anyway, it's uh basically like your task manager souped up. It basically will show you all the processes that are running currently, but also all of the sub threads and everything as part of them. Um, a really nice tool. If you try to combat malware or viruses, you can suspend processes. Cause typically if you kill a malware, um, process or a, a virus, it'll just respawn. But if you suspend it, it just sits there not doing anything. Mm-hmm. So then you can go and start like removing the files that are part of it. So it's, it's a nice little tool. Um, it gives you a little bit more diagnostics than task manager does. And then the other one is auto runs, which is basically. Um, now, this is part of Windows, but it used to be one of the nicest ways to be able to see what runs when you turn your computer on and disable anything you want. Oh, I you think it, like
0: MS Config or whatever and yeah, go look through the, b- the exactly. boot list? Mm. Or
2: now, as part of Task Manager, you can see what runs on startup. But this, mm. I think, still gives you more information on exactly what's happening because it doesn't just show applications it shows like all of the little things that are going to do stuff that are part of registry and things like that so mm. cool auto runs and proc explorer are my first two
0: we should drop Windirstat. stat is awesome is that same list that's, that's you can add that one all right yeah um one of the things that peeves me these are gonna be almost purely windows things because we work in windows almost all the time
2: I have a good um, Mac OS one.
0: Okay. Well, anyway, but in Windows, one of the things that annoys the heck out of me is that you can't see in the Explorer view how big a folder is, which is especially annoying when you're like, this folder is ginormous, but I don't know where all the files are inside it. Uh So there's a program that Pete introduced me to called Winderstat, which you run. It's W-I-N-D-I-R-S-T-A-T. And then it makes a bunch of little Pac-Men that go around and gather up all the data. And then it gives you a nice little like breakdown of like if you run it on your C drive, it'll give you a a little pie chart being like this is where all your C drive is being used up. Wow. And it's nice, especially nice. Like I use it sometimes to be like which of my Steam games are taking up all of my like hard Mm -hmm. drive.
2: The graphic is the best part because it shows you. Um, both individual files, so there'll be like a giant block, and you'll be like, "What the hell is that?" And it'll be like, "Oh, it's my videos." Mm-hmm. But then there'll be like a, a huge block of really tiny little files, right? And you can select all of those and be like, "What are these files?" And it's like, "Oh, it's all of like the audio files for a podcast, yeah." Like that. So you can sort of see where things live on your hard drive as well as how big they are, and, and it's it's,
0: na- it's navigable within the pie chart, which is cool. Yeah. You'll have a big pie chart of your C, and there'll be a big wedge of it, and you can click on that wedge and it. Pops up in another pie chart that is like everything that made up that wedge. Mm-hmm. So you can drill down to be like, oh hey, there's this one ginormous video file somewhere down like fourteen levels down. That's I neat. think
2: you're thinking about daisy disk, but what? that's okay. Um No I think you can do a being the Oh, you can do a pie chart, not the big block. Uh now I'm confused. WindowStats a big block like that. Like that has all the, hassle, oh, the right. colors. You're thinking about Daisy Disc. Am I? Yeah, correct. Which was my next one, but that's okay. Okay. It, it's a it's a sneak peek. Yay. Um, either way, they work the same way. Yeah. And, uh, it's really oh, yeah. great if you have an SSD, because SSDs nowadays, although I found today they're getting much cheaper, but still a lot of laptops nowadays have SSDs that are needle little bitty. And so it's a nice way to be able to find out how to get more
0: room. Right. Mm-hmm. Wintersted is the one that's all squares, which is also cool. It's got a really great visualization. Yeah. But yeah, either way, it's the ability to drill down and be like, Hey, look, this folder is this ginormous chunk of my hard drive. Yeah. What is going on? And as
2: Simon alluded to, if you're like, Hey guys, I use Mac OS. I can't use Winderstat. <laughs> What's Mac stat? Um, the answer is Daisy disk, yeah. which is also a really great UI and does essentially the same type of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there, there are a few of them, but it's like, it's one of those things that you're just like, I know that there is something eating up all of my hard drive in here. Where is it? Mm-hmm. And you spend half your time just like digging down through like sub, sub, sub folders to find that one, like, 60 gig file at the bottom
2: <laughs>
1: yeah what cool. else
2: that was a good little starting volley yeah mm-hmm. that was good oh, okay i can do some more yay i mean I getting into stuff that abby and i do day to day uh we tend to do a lot of image manipulation and because we're cheap we don't do it using like the adobe creative cloud we, <laughs> we do it using free tools
0: yay free
2: so my my potent combination that i can recommend is inkscape as a substitute for adobe indesign uh, not InDesign mm-hmm. uh, is it
0: whatever the vector graphics thing is from them Illustrator Illustrator yep. yeah
2: not um, Inkscape is a, basically a free Mac OS and Windows alternative to Illustrator and uh, once you get a little bit familiar with it it's super powerful mm-hmm. and GIMP which is a substitute for Photoshop yeah. is super good too it, t- the- it takes some getting used to yeah they, both do. Bit, yeah. yeah they both do
0: although i mean if you don't know if you don't know photoshop it's actually easier to learn gimp than if you do know photoshop mm-hmm. so they, they take that as for what it's worth yeah.
2: and they're both <laughs> cross-platform they work on linux mac os and windows mm-hmm. and then the final tip that i like is back in when uh office 2003 it came with a d- uh, sort of a included tool called microsoft office picture manager and uh That is the only tool I found that lets you do batch changes to folders full of images. That's like a, that has a GUI other than doing it with like image magic or something Yeah, where you can select a whole folder of images and say, I want to convert them all to JPEG or I want to make them all compressed. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, And it lets you do that all at once. And I haven't found anything else that does that. And what I discovered recently is even if you have the latest office or whatever, and if you still have the files lying around for Office 2003, you can just install that tool.
1: <laughs> you can also go online and just get the, the tool right from Microsoft.
0: Can you actually download Ooh. it? Is it free?
1: Yeah, that's what I did. Oh, oh
0: nice. man. Okay, that's even better. It's even yep. better, yeah. Because, I mean, some if you work for a company that has a whole bunch of disks randomly lying around, they might still have the Office yeah. installer. But yeah, trying to find that is always a pain.
2: Anyway, if you're doing batch changes, that one's nice. Um, and also, I, me- I mentioned Image Magic, which is a really nice programmic tool for doing image manipulation. You can access it through like .net and stuff like that and it lets you change everything to do with images.
0: Hmm. Okay. I've got another like theme that I can go off on. Do it. Um, I absolutely hate having to have more than one keyboard and mouse for anything. So I use two different tools. One of them is probably more widely known. That's the, uh, the Google remote desktop tool. Um, Chrome remote desktop. Chrome remote desktop. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Like as opposed to everyone. At least up until like last year, I was all about, yeah, we can, you can remote in with Windows remote desktop. And then I realized it was awful compared to Chrome. <laughs> yeah. The Chrome remote desktop is way better for 99% of what you're trying to do. The Really the only place where it's not going to be, uh, advantageous is if you've got something where you're running like a terminal or something like that, yeah. right? Where you're going to like, you want a really streamlined windows application or windows, uh, implementation. Although side top
2: tip, the Microsoft remote desktop app is really great.
0: Is it? Yep. I don't think I've ever used it. It's no. great. Works really well. Okay. Is it like, explain what it does.
2: I have it, never for, I have it it. for Android, mm-hmm. but it basically opens a landscape remote desktop session in your phone. But because it's super zoomed out, mm-hmm. um, when you swipe over the screen, it moves the mouse. And then you tap the screen it clicks the mouse, but then you can also zoom in on regions and you can show a keyboard, how to keyboard, you can send it commands. And
0: that sounds better than the windows remote desktop experience. Yeah, it's pretty good. That seems kind of weird that you would have a non-native remote experience. Yeah. So that'd be better than your native one. I use a lot. It's really great. It's well done. Hmm. No, I, th- that was always surprised me about the Chrome remote desktop was that it, uh, it, it does a better job of doing what you expect a remote desktop to do than the built-in remote desktop.
2: I have to say full disclosure, I've had a lot of problems with it okay but that's just me i've had it where the the mouse doesn't appear like there's no cursor mm. hmm. um, but i think it's a graphics card issue that's possible um, okay. and some other stuff but generally it's, it's good
0: yeah. well it's also a sp- Especially handy for if, if you've got a setup where you either don't know, you don't have a, like a static IP at what you're trying to get to, you don't have a, DN, like a, a DNS server or something that you can actually track down where your computer is. it Because it's through Chrome, you just, as long as it's running on both machines, you don't need to know the static IP for either one. So they can be floating around, which is really, really handy. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other tool that is far, probably far less known is a program called Synergy, and it is... One of the coolest programs for a very specific bit of uh, uh, functionality. So what it does is it allows you to set up one computer as the server and a bunch of other computers as a client. And then it allows the server computer to control the keyboard and mouse on the other computers. But it does so by virtually linking up the computers side by side as if they're extended screens of each other. So you have your main computer that your your keyboard and mouse is connected to. And when you mouse off the side of the screen, the server begins controlling the next computer over. So your cursor goes off your one screen and appears on the next screen over even if that's a different, it's, well, it's going to be a different computer, but not only could it be a different computer, it could be running a different operating system, which always blew my mind. That's so, crazy. Like you can have, you can have your PC in front of you and you have a Mac computer on your left and a Linux computer on your right. And you can control all three as if they were all screens on the same computer, which is incredibly, incredibly handy if you're trying to run, doing anything that involves multiple operating systems, because you can just mouse over between the two computers and jump back and forth, which is so handy
2: that's nice that's That's basically like a souped up vnc
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's uh it does a lot of things that you can't do with vnc or any of those like tools especially jumping across operating systems Mm -hmm. but it's also just nice being able to reconfigure be like okay i've got this computer on my left this computer on my right i've got even you can even have like you've got your computer with a remote desktop in it and you could have that controlled separately rather than jumping in and out of the remote desktop window. Nice. Um so yeah there's some really really cool setups you can do with it and it's basically infinitely extensible. You're just customizing your setup in terms of uh, servers and clients.
2: Mm-hmm. VNC by the way for those who don't mm-hmm. know is the as the older open source remote desktop. So it let's you basically do remote desktop but again it's cross platform.
0: Yeah. It's it's closer to what Chrome remote yeah. desktop does because it's it's sharing an image and then remotely controlling the mouse and keyboard as mm-hmm. opposed to the windows remote desktop where it's actually generating a whole new virtual desktop for you locally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so synergy really really cool little uh company they're they're finally starting to not be a tiny like
1: <laughs> tiny
0: startup <laughs> that's in in danger of disappearing randomly
1: nice that's cool
0: uh do we want
2: to go in any other directions um,
1: uh, i have Saw a suggestion that we haven't mentioned yet and it's actually a chrome extension that i've been really enjoying Ooh. recently um called grammarly. Hmm. It is a spell and grammar checker which is just so much better than what you would get in like stock word or something. Nice. Mm. Um so essentially since it's a chrome extension it works i mean all over the internet essentially as someone who writes constantly whether it's like on web pages or on forum posts it's really nice to know that i am writing um, you know, well, I guess
0: <laughs> that I'm writing good, writing good,
1: as opposed to the way I talk apparently. <laughs> um, and I installed it, yeah, just a few months ago and it's, it's already been really, really helpful. Um, That's and, awesome. and apparently you can also download it as an extension for, uh, the Microsoft office suite and also for windows. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah.
0: I like it. I I do need like someone looking over my shoulder so I don't write stupid things.
1: I recommend it. <laughs>
0: can can I teach it to be like, no, just like, just stop writing right now and go do something else. Be like, you are just doing such a bad job.
1: I mean, I think there's a, there's a free version and a premium version. And in the premium version, um, which is a little pricey, so I don't have that. Um, they actually tailor their suggestions based on what you are actually writing. So if you're writing like a professional document versus like an essay versus like a, there's a little Facebook post, an- there's a
0: little anthropomorphic, uh, paperclip pop up to tell you whether Thank you're
1: God, no. <laughs>
0: I actually didn't find Clippy nearly as annoying as everyone else seemed to, but maybe that's just because, like, I actually used some of the tools that were involved. It, it, for for an early attempt at, an, at a digital assistant, yeah. it was it was not as terrible as everyone claims it was.
2: The problem was it didn't solve a problem; it just made things more tenu- like tedious.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. Mm. Anyway, what else is? Think of any other interesting tips or tricks I an idea. that an handy.
2: What I thought we could end off on is I'm going to do a run through of all of the pieces, like most of the key pieces of software I use for my job. Okay, it's probably a good place to to mention and see if anything comes out of that. So we obviously use Visual Studio because we have our so part of the development is Microsoft stack, but Visual Studio now has Visual Studio Code, I believe, mm-hmm. which is their open source cross platform development environment, which is getting better and better every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and now supports a handful of languages. It runs on all operating systems and. It's getting really good. Visual Studio now has integrated ability for you to make apps cross-platform through Xamarin, which is really great. So
0: Visual Studio is coming back. It's, it's still it's
2: still the king of of development environments. So they're doing think, so,
0: they're doing so by buying up other companies and yeah. jamming them into Visual Studio. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's working, and also by um by doing a good job of making like um inroads into open source communities using mm-hmm. like their some of their new languages like uh, the one I always forget uh, something text anyway. They have a new development environment which is based on Java. That's really nice too. JavaScript, sorry, which, mm-hmm. is, which is good. Um, what else? We've got. Uh, I already talked about Inkscape and GIMP. Um, first, uh, stock images, Pixels is really good. They have stock images for free that are uh, full usage as well as stock videos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful um, too. They're great. Yeah. yeah, we use them a lot for the podcast. You may have noticed. If Pretty you know, much if every know, image every, yeah, on every the single podcast. post. Yeah. <laughs> if you know Pixels, um, also Free Pick is great for um, more kind of cartoony images and less uh sort of like nice photography Mm -hmm. um i also subscribe to a service called death to stock which Mm -hmm. sends you stock images every month um, which is also good Mm -hmm. and finally we sometimes use place it for doing uh like rendering um composites for like uh software or websites or mobile apps into stock images and also videos which is r- really great too mm-hmm. place it's awesome because they let you actually render videos of people interacting with your app that's pretty which is super yeah, cool it's yeah, really neat it works really well and then other than that i mean uh there's a handful of stuff that we do with little tools for everyday stuff like for ftp filezilla is a
0: great one i've used that for a long mm-hmm. time yeah uh, Notepad plus plus. If you're just like okay. putting down some code, if you don't need, you don't necessarily know where it's gonna go, but you want to make sure that it's reasonably well formed. It's got a bunch of nice little tools for, um, highlighting various different types of uh, like different parts of code and things like that. Mm-hmm. If and you're if you're on macOS, Atom is the same. Adam's mm-hmm. really good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, what else?
1: We've talked about Slack before. But
0: that's yeah, we use Slack a lot. Yeah, all we do all the time. Slack yeah. is awesome. We even started paying for it. Yep. Like. I, I can't believe really, a year ago we were like, why would you ever pay for Slack? And then we we're like, now we're paying for it.
2: Well, then we got convinced that we should. So yeah. Yep. I, I, do.
0: I think we, we, we walked right into their, exactly their business model. So exactly. good job, Slack. Yeah. And now we're looking into
2: project <laughs> management software and there's a whole other slew of options there and things you can pay or not pay for. So if there's a
0: project management software company out there that wants to sponsor us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, we use Jira at the moment. Um, for Ooh. one of the projects I use, which is a good one. It's really, it's obviously like super um, targeted at people who are doing agile scrum, which we'll talk about in the next couple of weeks.
0: Oh man. So so
1: many words. I don't know I, I, what they mean.
0: I want, I want to tell you the fun fact about JIRA. Oh Ooh. yeah. I know. I know. I know. It. Okay. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll save it till the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. That's a good one um what else is a good one i guess we should talk like we're on a podcast we should talk about uh, audacity yeah audacity is awesome
1: we're on a podcast
0: <laughs> well i i I feel like it's simon's talking the, va- <laughs> it's <a podcast. laughs> of uh, the vast majority of at least amateur podcasts are probably made on audacity
2: or GarageBand, yeah, yeah. But we tried GarageBand and it was
0: a garbage fire.
2: Yeah, it was. It great. was a
0: garbage band. Uh, I, I, I would blame that mostly on user error, but at the same probably, time, Audacity yeah. has been really great. Whatever, too. it's just been yeah. so user friendly. It's yeah. also like the easiest thing to get. If you have guests that are going to be remote and you get, you're going to ask them to get the setup on like a local setup, it's so much easier to get them set up with Audacity than anything else.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for that matter, we use Skype too, which I don't necessarily feel like I want to recommend, but it is what we use. Until something better
0: comes along, yeah. I mean, Slack now has audio video. We should try that out actually and see how it works. Yeah, Yeah. we just keep plugging Slack, 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 (laughs) Slack, 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 (laughs) Slack. slack, Anything else? Anything else we use? I mean, there's like boring stuff like Google Docs. Yeah, pretty much everything Google makes I use at some point. We're yeah. porting our
2: entire part of our entire platform over to Google Docs, which has been interesting.
0: Yeah, well, and they,
2: Draw.io, which is also a good one. Yeah, that's yeah. actually a
0: really handy one. If uh if you use Visio, and if you're using like Visio 2003 or like a really ancient version of Visio because you haven't bothered like it's not hasn't been upgraded with your Windows or with your Office or because your copy of Visio is questionably legal, try out draw. <laughs> try out draw.io. It's an online drawing tool for creating documents like you would in Visio flowcharts, anything with layout of idea layouts, things like that, or dia- even we use them for a lot of diagrams. It's just basically a, we use mm-hmm. it somewhat as a vector art tool as well, uh, but it's really really handy, and it's got uh, integration with Google Drive. Mm -hmm. Uh, and various other things you could save straight to Dropbox and things like that, but it's, uh, it saves your images as HTML files, which is really handy.
2: Yeah, it's great. Mm -hmm. I have a side thing actually that's off topic, but it just occurred to me that I used recently that I really enjoyed. If you have a Canon EOS SLR, which we happen to use here for our videography and photography, and they're still popular enough that people probably might have one lying around. Mm -hmm. Um, they come with software that allows you to remotely control them via USB from a laptop. Hmm. And, uh, so let's pretend that you've accidentally lost your CD-ROM that came with your camera, (laughs) but you want this added benefit of being able to remotely control and manipulate your camera and layout shots.
0: Or your computer no longer has a (laughs) CD-ROM. Which was my problem. (laughs) Um,
2: you can download it online and you can install it via a probably questionable, but still functional hack of the the Mac version of it Mm. where you're manipulating some of the files that are inside the package and then it works neat and uh it's really great you basically just plug your camera into your laptop and it pops up and you can see a live feed and you can take photos and um videos directly from your laptop you can zoom in on things and change the focus and it works really well
0: it's nazzy. okay anything we haven't covered that is like
2: key to your day that was a pretty good compliment to stuff that i think i have always used yeah
0: cool
1: nothing that we haven't mentioned before
0: all right so jira yeah yeah so jira is wow what was that that was my phone because i'm a professional nice uh jira is a piece of it's like a bug tracking and project management software which is comes from the name gojira which is the the japanese pronunciation of godzilla which is a reference to bugzilla which is one of their competitors that they sort of spun off from and bugzilla comes from Mozilla bug tracker Mozilla is a mashup of Mosaic and Godzilla because Mosaic was the browser that originally was originally developed that became Netscape Navigator yep. and part of which was then the part of the team spun off to make Mozilla uh, to create a competitor to Netscape or to Netscape so when Netscape Mo- and then Mosaic. turned into Firefox. Yes. So, yeah. Me- yeah. Mosaic became Netscape. Mosaic begat Mozilla, which made Firefox. Mozilla begat Bugzilla. And then Bugzilla begat Jira. So it's a pretty, like, crazy family tree of names. But mm-hmm. it cute. all comes down to Godzilla.
2: And also, uh, while we're on the topic, Mozilla Project's pretty great. Yeah. Have, uh, their foundation's pretty good. Nice uh, open source There's a bunch of cool stuff yeah. in there.
0: And it's all... If, if, th- all of it is very, very specific tasks. If it's like you want to yeah. do something really, really specific, the It's probably a, kind of
2: like Atlason, which is the company that now owns Jira and mm-hmm. that it, like they have a lot of tools for very specific tasks. Yeah.
0: It's worth, it's worth looking through if you're. Actually, it's worth looking through pretty much anybody who has a technical background to be like I'm going to look for something that's doing a task that I'm I w- if there's anything you've if you've thought about automating a task or like trying to streamline yourself by building your own piece of software, check out the, the like the Mozilla projects because there's probably Ooh. something there.
2: That was the last thing I wanted to mention that I almost forgot about, but thank you Simon. Oh, IFTTT automation, yeah. yeah. Mm. IFTTT is pretty fun. I, I believe there's also Automator for macOS, but yeah,
0: go yeah. on. You know, it's it's if then then if this then that. Yeah. So it's got a. It's basically just a a really really simple scripting language for taking triggers from pretty much anything and using to control of pretty much anything else.
2: The mm-hmm. uh,
0: most of the most of the things I do with it are plugins, like tie-ins with Google. Things like knowing where, like Google already knows where I am, so I can use it to trigger things.
2: Yeah, I do it a lot mm-hmm. on my phone. I have my phone set up now so that when I leave my neighborhood, my Wi-Fi turns off, and when I enter the neighborhood of my office, my Wi-Fi turns on, and my when i leave the neighborhood of my office it texts my wife to tell me i've left work and <laughs> when it's 6:30 in the morning it turns on the bluetooth of my phone hmm so that when i get in the car it's already on nice
1: that's neat
0: i've have, i've have some things like uh I have a keeping track of a couple of Wikipedia pages. It lets me know when people update certain Wikipedia pages. Uh, some of them are tied to like projects that I've been mm-hmm. involved with or uh, like if you're trying to if you're trying to police something on Wikipedia to make sure someone's not like spamming your uh, Wikipedia page is really handy. Um, it You can do a lot of stuff where you like you can post to Slack or other tools like mm-hmm. that reveal updates. Uh, you can put in things where it'll check whether something's been updated. Uh, and if somebody updates a file uh, like on your Google Drive, it'll like spam Slack and be like, hey, guys, there's a new version of this file or you should take a look at this updated thing. Yeah, so. there's a lot of yeah.
2: stuff that you would never think would be useful. Like there's one feature that I thought was kind of neat. I would never use it, but I thought it was neat where if somebody posts to Instagram or Facebook and tags you, it automatically downloads the image to a folder on your Google Drive or your Google Photos.
0: Hmm. So you always have a backup of photos that you've been tagged in. It just like scrapes Facebook yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can control freaking anything. You can make it so I like, there was one that I saw that I thought was hilarious that was, uh, it was called purple rain. And it was when, when the weather, when the weather app reports that it's raining in your area, it adjusts the hue of your Phillips Hue light bulbs slightly, <laughs> slightly purple. And That's you can awesome. do that. That's so, cute. I mean, that gives you an example of something that's kind of flippant, but something crazy you could do with IFTTT. Yeah. I could do a lot of stuff with my nest as well that I
2: haven't got around to doing. Like when I leave the office, I could turn the heat up in my house and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. No, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, cool. neat
2: bit of, neat bit of software. Yeah. yeah. All, right. all right. Good job team. This has been, uh, how do you engineer a podcast about engineering tools, tips, tricks and the
0: people that use them? <laughs> well, this one has been about that. <laughs> yep. This is the podcast for engineers talk about engineering stuff without engineers. Yep. You can find us online at howdoyou.engineer or on social media at facebook.com slash howdoyoueng or at howdoyoueng on Twitter.
2: Yeah. And I have a tagline I'd like to finish off with that I've been playing with in my head. Okay. How do you engineer? Oh, f- I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> and see.